This is the Freedom Ring. And welcome to it. Tuesday, August the 23rd. World Daffodil Day. I can't tell a daffodil from a dandelion. Do you know your flowers over there, Bill? Maybe. Do you know daffodils? I know you know your uh, vegetables out in the garden. Yeah, I do know those. My wife knows them better. But if you were to say, uh, hey, uh, go go grab some of those daffodils, I'd look at you and say, uh, which ones? Because I don't have a clue. <laughs> uh, uh, the reason we weren't on yesterday is because Bill is a little under the weather. And... Uh, we're happy to say that his COVID test uh, tested the negative, so it isn't that. It's the common cold! I didn't even take the test. My wife did, and I know I got whatever she it's has. The, even like, if it uh, was COVID, I call it the cold. Man. Yeah. Me I mean, I, I know I had it, and it's no big deal. Did it, did it uh, make me a little bit more lethargic than the average cold? Yeah, a little bit. Had me down for an extra day or two. Wasn't enough to shut the world down over, but, uh, you know, we'll get to that in just a little while. This is the Freedom Ring. Uh, if we do have time on today's show, because we have a special guest with a big COVID BS update, uh, we will talk about Dennis Rodman. Um, will he be able to do what Joe Biden can't? Anthony Fauci ups his retirement date. We'll find out why, or at least discuss why. And uh, the leading Democratic nominee in the state of Pennsylvania for Senate if you don't know who he is yet, it should A, speak volumes about where the liberal left is, and B, scare the living crap out of you if they pull another scam and actually win. This dude is off the rails. Wants to legalize heroin. I, I'll, I'll just leave it there for right now. But rather than, uh, I don't know if it's so much a moment of faith, but more of a motivational segment right now. Uh, I want to talk about living in your future because we all hear uh, all, all the time we hear from people who are massively successful and that's what most of us want to become um, that they envisioned where they wanted to be and rather than starting toward it, they started from it. Uh, they envisioned who they would be rubbing shoulders with and what their new inner circle would, uh, who it would consist of and immediately started associating with these types of people. They didn't wait and that's the mistake that too many of us myself included um, have made and uh, when we decide, we, we decide that we want to make changes in our lives uh, we envision the path that we're going to have to take to get what we want when we need to start immediately from where it is that we want to end up Dr. Wayne Dyer I don't know if you uh, ever read his books but he said that's what he did when he wrote about it and um, I believe one of his books was called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. He had a, a ton of books, but that was one of them that I read. Donald Trump's book Think Big and Kick Ass was mentioned there as well. Rather than you know setting off on the road to where it is that you want to end up and getting detoured, which results in never getting there, begin as if you're already there. And uh, you know what phone calls are you going to be making when you get there? Start calling those people now. What, what plans will you be executing? Start executing those plans now. Live from where you want to be, and situations will begin to unfold now to help you get there. And I recently actually started to uh, put this process in play myself for something I'm working on. And already three new opportunities have presented themselves. <laughs> this is so cool. It's the reason I'm bringing it up is, you know, you, you let God speak to you 
and rather than waiting for him to bring things to you, just go towards it, um, but pretend like you're already doing it. You know, put yourself in that frame of mind, and as long as God is a part of your plan, and what it is that you want, you know, to what it is that you want to do benefits others. Give it over to Him and just watch it happen. And it is so cool. And like the Bible says in Matthew six verse uh, thirty three, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And again, whether it's your marriage, sobriety, your career, or joining in the fight to save our country and take things back, the uh, you know the same tactic works for all of it. In fact, I know of a man that uh, kind of forfeited his future for the good of the country. Uh, and we talked to him a couple months ago, uh, and he's joining us now for a little update. Attorney Michael Hamilton, who you might know is the right-hand man with um, Thomas Renz, fighting the, to, to basically end tyranny and expose the truth behind COVID. Michael, uh, hello. How are you, sir? Hi, Matt. I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for having me on today. Thanks for joining us again. Um, we're going to get everyone up to speed that might be new to the show and weren't on board with us the last time you talked with us. But um, before we do that, I did a little bit more research about you. And um, I, I found out that your dad was a philosophy professor who uh, specialized in studies of Marxism. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're, you're not wrong. You're correct. And from a very early age, just so people don't think, um, eh, this lawyer's, you know, he's just trying to make money off this whole thing and blah, blah, blah. And the more they hear you talk, they're going to realize that's not the case. Um, from a very early age, you recognize things that you read about then happening now yes. take, take it from there and marry the two together from what you're seeing now and from what you learned as a boy going through your uh, your dad's books and, and whatnot sure so my father taught um philosophy at asbury university and he's a um, and, and his one of his areas of emphasis was marxist studies um he was also a preacher and he preached at small country churches on the weekends he decided it wouldn't be healthy for us to have a television, and I am so thankful that he did that when I was a, a youngster. Uh, so we, so I, I had only the books that he had on his shelves, and so by the time I was, um, by the time I got out of junior high, I had read just about everything Alexander Solzhenitsyn had written, um, one of the most famous um, Marxist dissidents of all time, who who spent 25 years in the gulag because he disagreed with his. Uh, Marxist government. Yeah, he wrote the Gulag Archipelago in his head, writing it a few sentences at a time and memorizing them, and then adding them, adding to them the next day. And he wrote this um, sort of monumental study on uh, Stalin and the 60 million that he killed and life in the Gulag, um, which he was one of the few to survive. I also read dissidents from other countries, communist China, um, uh, Cuba, uh, all, all, all around the world. Mm -hmm. So when this, when, when all this started, you know, there were there were a few days when I caught some glimpses of the news, which I don't watch very often. But I saw that there was this, you know, this 
sort of a panic going on, and I was a little concerned. I got some sterilizer, and I started wiping down my groceries. But then I saw the masking. And as soon as I saw the masking, and I saw them shutting down all the places where people talk about freedom, I saw they shut down restaurants. They shut down churches. They shut down uh, workout clubs. They left all the big box stores open. You could go into Walmart and walk down a crowded aisle and touch something everyone else had touched. But you couldn't go to church. And bars, I believe, remain And open. bars. Yeah. Yep, bars, restaurants, all, all of these places where people meet sort of in the um, open squares of life and they have conversations about real things. Mm-hmm. So they shut these down and then they put masks on everybody. And it was really evident to me right away that this was about control. Uh, and it had nothing to do with medicine. You know, uh, you see uh, on TV, they're studying COVID wearing, supposedly studying COVID, they're wearing hazmat suits. Mm-hmm. But they're telling us that an old T-shirt or a handkerchief wrapped around our mouth would be enough to save us. Right. You know, that's just nonsense. And uh, I think, but but not everybody recognized it as nonsense. Amazingly, I would go to my own Kroger and I'd be the only one without a mask on. Right. Isn't that scary that some people weren't able and still aren't maybe to piece that together? That like really yeah. concerns me for society. It should concern all of us. Um, and, and we have to, we, we, we really have to just speak the truth everywhere we go. Don't wear a mask. You know, I would go in, I went into a Target once and this lady was sitting at the door and they had a choke point. You had to walk up to her. She says, sir, would you like a mask? And I said, no. And she goes, it's required in our store. And I said, I'm sorry, I have a condition. She said, what's the condition? And I, I kind of leaned toward her and I, um, I, I put my hands in front of my face and then I opened them up like I was going to give her a hug. And I said, it's hard for me to breathe. And then I put my hands back over my face. And I said, when my airways are obstructed, I said, this is the same condition everybody has. And I just walked into the store. And <laughs> Good for you. You know, I mean, it's, I've worn a mask about three or four times all on airplanes before they lifted the restriction because I needed to get somewhere. But I always felt like a dirty cheater when I put the mask on. <laughs> right. I, I got gotcha. you. Um, and I kind of came to the same realization, you know, when it first unfolded. I may have told you this last time we spoke, but um, didn't know really what to make of it. I think everyone was scared at first. You know, what's going on? What's going on? And then uh, we drove, you know, the show's based out of Cincinnati, but we drove back home to uh, Detroit. And it was my conversation with my wife's grandmother, who has since passed, but she was uh, 91, I believe, at the time. And it was our first visit to where things started to loosen up just a bit to where we could actually just go visit her. And um, in her very broken English, told me that uh, and I asked her you know, how she was, and she, she wasn't sure what to make of this new cold. Um, <laughs> obviously being COVID, but she said the fact that they're keeping us all in our houses, and she looked up at me like, she gave me this squinty eye like, I've seen this before, because she lived under Mussolini's rule mm. and then obviously after that was Adolf Hitler. So those two names, Mussolini and Hitler, weren't just words in a history book to her. She experienced life under their rule. And I'm like, that's all I needed to hear. That's exactly what this is. It's 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 yes. everything is cyclical. 
We've heard that for years, and here it is unfolding in front of our very eyes. And I think some of us, maybe you agree or disagree, but I think, especially here in the United States, we are some of the most complacent and spoiled people on planet Earth because of how good this country is. A lot of us could never fathom something so dark and evil as, as, as you know, when 9-11 happened, we're like, wait, that stuff doesn't happen here. Mm-hmm. Then here it is unfolding on our soil. And here it is again. And am I on to something that maybe we need to uh, pull our head out of our rear and start Start paying attention to what's really going on and, and, and stop being so spoiled. It's, it, I Absolutely. mean, it's time to fight now. It is. It's 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 way past time to fight. I mean, but it's not too late to fight. I was speaking in Austin recently, and um, this lady stood up during the question and answer period, and um, she was very emotional. She had uh, grown up in Moscow under Soviet control, and she... She was tearfully telling the crowd, it's happening here. And it was, you know, the, the idea of isolating us in public, that's what the masks are about, just to isolate us. I'd go into Kroger and I'd hear somebody from behind the mask, well, hi, hey, Mike. I'm like, uh, who are you? Right. Put your mask down so I can see who I'm saying hi to. Um, it, it was definitely all about control. And the problem we have is that these these guys have been working on it for decades. They've uh, taken over the school system. You know, uh, John Dewey, the Dewey Decimal System that we all learned as children to find books in the library, considered the father of modern education. And, and, and he, you know, he said, we have to, um, we have to uh, weaken or soften or eliminate reading requirements because readers are thinkers and thinkers are anathema to a collectivist society. Wow. Um, that's that's the National Education Association, summed up in a, in a nutshell. And they can they control teachers all around the country. And and we have all these now millennials who who think ah, socialism sounds great, you know, free stuff. Right. And they don't realize that that Marxism, communism. You, you know, a rose by any other name is still a rose. Maybe a daffodil by any other name is still a daffodil. But um, these guys don't understand that Marxism has claimed more lives and created more misery than any other thought process in human history. And a little bit of research, you could find that out for yourself. I mean, that's right. But they're it's being conditioned in a time right now to where it's, it's, it, they're trying to normalize it here. Yeah, they're telling them, hey, it's you know you're going to get free college. Your college loans are going to get dismissed, and but but guess what, kids, you're going to then pay for that, and so will your grandchildren for the rest of your lives. Right, nothing it, is free if they would just complete it. the thought. I mean, everything mm-hmm. sounds great, you know, like with college tuition being free. Well, who's going to pay the professors? Who's going to pave the parking lots? Who's going to pave the electric mm-hmm. bill? It's kind of come from somebody. Nothing is free. Yeah, you're going to pay for it with everything you have. In a Marxist society, you're going to pay for it with, with everything. And by everything, I don't just mean the money you make. Your freedoms, everything. Every- Your freedom, you can't think for yourself. I mean, in a Marx, in, in a truly communist society, in Russia, for example, uh, dur- during the time of the Soviet Union, which, by the way, I want to come back and talk for just a minute about my father one more time. because Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he was invited to Russia to bring Christianity and philosophy to the city of atheism, uh, where it was a death sentence for for generations to speak the word God or to own a Bible. You, a policeman would just put you down in the street with a bullet in your head. And he was the first person after the fall of Soviet Russia to be invited to go in and preach the gospel as a philosophy teacher in Nova, uh, Novosibirsk University. Wow. But because the, the Soviet Russia recognized that communism had completely failed them. The, the, you know, you, you look at a country with these massive resources, but they're completely broken. And the, the people, nothing, imagine, I want your listeners to imagine for a minute that everything in their house, I'm looking around, I've got a little piano over here and a couple couches. I've got a home office and I'm looking at my things and these would belong to the state if we lived in a communist country and they would have an inventory of everything in our house and if they decided to come around and do a spot check we better not have broken a kitchen chair because we may have to go to jail for that because that's the state property it's not our property the house we live in is not our property none of it's ours and the thoughts you think if you dare to share them with anybody to protect themselves they'll tell on you and 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 then you'll end up in the gulag or some kind of some kind of prison i hear about washington state building uh oh, what's the word they use for it they're like the things we built in japan during the war against japan to contain prisoners of war you know these internment camps mm-hmm. for people who resist COVID-19 uh, restrictions. Right. And, and we see the CDC right now um, saying they've, they've, there are, they've already funded studies in eight or ten states um, to study gun deaths. And what they want to do is declare gun ownership a health crisis and use COVID-style lockdown measures to manage the crisis, which means to take our, our guns away and our Second Amendment freedoms away. Right. They're doing that right now. Mm-hmm. And, and so this isn't just, this is a, 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 a total, it's a total t- tyrannical takeover in the name of health. It's not just a health crisis. It's, it's not just medical tyranny. It's tyranny across the board. It's just being done in the name of medicine. Is, I don't know, I, I almost want to disagree with you there. In the name of health, is it really about health? Or is it just a scam to execute that plan? And it's a facade. No, no, that's exactly, you're exactly right. That's what I was, that's what I meant to convey. It's, it's, you know, the health, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis said that, uh, that a, a tyranny on the basis of health is the worst kind of tyranny imaginable. Because somebody who just tortures people because they want to, they may change their mind at some point. But somebody who tortures you because they are convinced that they think it's going to be good for you, um, they do it with the approval of their own conscience and they will and they won't stop. You know, we uh, ask our listeners to share all of our shows, and I'm going to plead and beg you to share this particular show because Michael is a wealth of knowledge. Um, and I, I hope as you're listening to this particular episode, you're not just hearing won't, 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 won't. Because there's so much he's saying, and it's so incredibly true, and he's 
it out in the courtrooms and the, the 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 media the mainstream media is not covering what he and thomas wrens are doing on a daily basis and it's reality it is reality it's happening right here in the united states and the you have to know that the mainstream media is bought and paid for and that's why none of this is being covered so as we continue this conversation just mm-hmm. know at some point you need to not only like it but share it most importantly because the masses need to hear the reason we have michael on today because no one is talking about this stuff have have enough people woke up to the scam yet in your personal opinion I mean, we go to the stores, we see this this past summer, less and less uh, face diapers, and as we as we hear about monkeypox and all the other crap that they're, anything that's associated with a, 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 a vaccination, a legitimate vaccination, seems to be making a comeback. Um, and the yep. politicians on the left are the only ones that seem to be testing positive. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Go take it from there. Do you do you think enough people, because of everything that I just said, have woke up yep. to the scam yet? I no, not even close. Oh. Now where I live, um, I I see fewer and fewer people. The majority of the people I see are not wearing a mask. But if I see even one person wearing a mask then my answer to you is going to be the same. Not even close to enough people. Everybody needs to be woken up. Everyone needs to understand what awaits us, the end game. Okay, the end game is not free stuff and happy, um, you know, living for everybody. And, it's and you'll own nothing and like it. Cream. It's you'll own nothing and you'll pretend you like it or you'll be executed. There you go. I mean... Uh, it, I've, I studied Marxism. I, I have a major in philosophy. I studied theology. I studied um, Islam, and uh, and then I went to law school. And it, I can tell you that in no country in the world, zero, where Marxism has been implemented, has there not been um, a, a, a major butchering of the population, because you can't get everyone to agree with you. And so the closest you can come is to be like that old. That old uh, Greek uh, legend about um, the innkeeper who had a bed that everybody fit. When the hero of the story went to the inn to, to lay in the bed, he discovered that the reason it fit everybody was if you were too short for the bed, the bed also was a rack, and they would attach your hands and feet to both ends of it, and they would stretch you until your bones broke and you fit the bed. Oh. If you were too long for it, they'd cut off whatever stuck over the end. And and that's Marxism for you. You you agree or you pretend to agree, or you're or you're killed. And Marxism as implemented, communism as implemented, in every country in the world has always resulted in massive bloodshed against the population. Would that not be Satanism? <laughs> it is 100% Satanism. There's no question about it. Um, it's and the people who are attempting to implement it, I refer to them as the Luciferians. Yes. Um, there's no no question at all. I mean, if you freedom, freedom and the right to own personal property and things like that are, are, are implicit in Christianity and, and the right to own nothing and to lose who you are and to only be allowed to think what you're told. That's Lucif- Luciferianism. Now, elaborate, uh, shed some more names because uh, people hear Bill Gates name thrown around, Klaus Schwab. 
uh, Harari, uh, what's his first name? Um, uh, the little weasel guy that is Klaus Schwab's right-hand man. I know his last he's name. Here. He's always at the World uh, Economic Forums. Anyway, his last name is Harari. Is yep. there, are there any other names that are out there besides Fauci, uh, Clintons, Obamas, uh, that we should be aware of just in case their name pops up in the news that these are in fact exactly who these people are well bezos of course um anybody who's involved with any of the major media major uh, social media um is probably suspect you've got and, and people need to also be aware that um the guy <laughs> i just did a mental block but the guy who owns tesla um elon musk Elon Musk, you know, he's he's viewed as a, some kind of a freedom savior because he tried to buy Twitter. But the World Economic Forum just uh, said that there are major reasons why every child should have a, a microchip implant in their brain so they could be controlled. Mm-hmm. And and Elon Musk has, he's... He, he's All for it? Yeah, he's championed that cause for a long time. And, and uh, much of what he is involved in, you know, is... is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's uh, sympathetic with with what we see the 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 World Health Organization, the CDC, the Luciferians of the world who are attempting to take control and advance communist tyranny everywhere. Uh, they're they're simpatico. I think that's the word. Maybe I was looking for. He's somebody to be very very leery of. So he's playing both sides of the fence. Well, you know, in the Twitter thing, and I haven't studied him all that much, but I know that some of the stuff I've seen would have would have has convinced me that he's not somebody to uh, lay any hope in. There's there's only one place to lay our hope. It's not going to be in Republicans. It's not going to be in Democrats. I mean, look, we've got in my state, we've been. I'm going to put air quotes around this. We've been blessed with Mitch McConnell, who appears to me to be nothing but a China puppet, and. Uh, you know he's a Republican. We can't place our hope in Republicans. If if you if you read the Old Testament, you read the Book of Isaiah, let's say, and you see how kingdoms arise and fall, we see clearly that the only place to place our trust is in Jesus Christ. Right. And um, but but there's no there's very limited awareness. You know these guys are they're they're training our brains to rely on. M- media, social media, the internet, and they're slowly replacing history. I mean, we saw last summer where they tore down statues and things like that around our country. Right. Uh, but, they're, but they're doing that systematically on the internet. They're replacing our information source with Wikipedia, for example. And they're, they're telling us what they want us to know. And changing now, definitions right you know, midstream. Changing definitions. This is a definite tactic of the Luciferians to flip flip reality, to call evil good, to call good evil, mm-hmm. to distort and destroy our understanding of words and ideas until we're, we're so confused and so isolated. You know, the idea of putting on masks, isolating us in public, keeping us in our homes, we, we get isolated from our support groups. Um, I had, a, I had a, 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 a driver, I was doing an Uber ride, and this driver was telling me, he said, he said, when I came to America, he said, I, I, re- I quickly realized that they use 
ta- they use a, a variety of taxes, tactics. Like one of them was property taxes mm-hmm. to make it hard for you to stay in one place. So you have to move around. He said it keeps us from having a tribe. He said, I'm not talking about same skin color. He said, you and I have different skin colors, but we're in the same tribe. He said, but you can't develop a support group. It, it's American society is is uh, set up to divide. Um, it, it, we're all being divided from each other. We're being divided from our friends. We're being divided from our geography. We're being divided kids from parents, mm-hmm. blacks from whites, right. you know. And, and you know, united we stand, but divided we fall. And the one of the main tactics of the Luciferians, as I would call them, is to divide us to the point that we, we're so isolated and so broken financially that the idea is that we'll have to turn to the government. And then the government will be that that which sustains and comforts us. And, right. And um, that, that's their... That's their goal. And if you paid attention to um, Donald Trump's last campaign, and he was he was bringing um, he was bringing immigrants from foreign countries to go ahead and speak, everything that you just said was pretty much what they were leaving, and they were t- telling you know this mm-hmm. is this is what they want to happen. If Joe Biden gets in, and of course this is before the, that big scam, if Joe Biden gets in. Everything that I left, insert country here, everything that I left that foreign land for is the plan. And what else, who else do you need to hear it from but for somebody that just left it? Yeah, they, they didn't. People have never rushed to America in order to become, you know, dictators, subjects. They come here to be free. Right. And there's a reason that Americans aren't flocking to Venezuela exactly. and Cuba. You're right. And yeah, I, and, I, and you're you're so right about that. I, I I remember listening to the people he had speaking, and I remember the and I the people that I've met in, in my walks of life. And then of course, you know when the when Russia when the USSR fell back in ninety one maybe ninety 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 one, somewhere in that time, um, the the Soviet government at the time began to study all these different countries that had lasted a bit of time. And they decided on their own that our system of government, our constitutional republic, and our system of government was based on Old Testament Christianity, New Testament Christianity, but I mean just um, evangelical Christianity, okay? And so they said, well, we want somebody to come and begin teaching our people how to think in these terms. So they contacted an, a, 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 an institution called the uh, um, I, International Institute for Christian Studies. I think they were in St. Louis. And I was a representative at the college, and my dad was our sponsor. And they were looking for a professor who was an evangelical Christian and, and was a professor of philosophy mm-hmm. to come and uh, and begin to teach people how to think in those kind of ways. And they brought my father over. He first went to the University of Novosibirsk, which is the city of atheism in Russia, as it was known to the people there. Um, 50, 50 uh, translators who wanted the job of being his translator read the Bible from front to back so they could speak theological terms and understand it, and they'd never even seen a Bible. 
all 50 of them accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior wow. as a result of reading through the Bible. When my dad got there and started teaching, the state um, gave him a translator, and it was none of those 50. And some professor, courageous professor, came up to him and took him outside where he wouldn't be listened to because everything is recorded in Russia. And he said, if you want the people to hear your message, you must fire your translator and, and, and demand another one because this guy's not telling them what you're saying. Are and you so kidding? my father did that. He, he fired the translator and he told them, I need one of these 50. And every day when they went out, the KGB would ransack their apartment leave a cigarette on the night table, change where they had stuff in drawers, just to let them know, we're watching you. And they were told, while you're there, you can have no private conversations, probably not even outside. Everything is being recorded, and you will have bugs all over your apartment, and you'll have KGB agents listening to you constantly. So my mom would stand in line all day for a few potatoes to make supper for them at night while my dad taught at the university. Mm. And after that, he went to the University of Irkutsk and then the University of Moscow and opened a chair of philosophy, took books by C.S. Lewis, G.K. Chesterton, others, uh, other Christian philosophers, translated into Russia huge cases of books over there to populate their libraries and, and, and begin this educational process. What do you think of uh, Putin today? Um... After the whole Ukraine Ukraine debacle, um, there's a part of me that's like, you know, is he one of the good guys? Because he's taking, I mean, it's it's Vladimir Putin. But it's also the mainstream media who's portrayed him and every other person in an evil light. It's, it's like whoever the media says is evil, I tend to now think might be a decent person behind the curtain. And I'm on the fence with, with, with this. Well, Matt, I, I'm with you there. If the, if the more they're demonized by mainstream media, the, the more closely I want to take a look at them. Right. That's exactly – you just said it a little better. Yeah. Well, and, and so I, I can tell you that uh, 20 years ago, I got into correspondence with a, a, a Russian um, – kind of like – not mainstream media, but somebody who had a pretty big platform and they were writing articles. And I read an article and responded in an email and talked about Solzhenitsyn and he wanted to know more. He said he couldn't believe that um, he, he was meeting an American who had studied Solzhenitsyn. And we began to talk and he would share photos with me of Putin in churches that were no, nowhere else to be found in the media. And, and he would be on his knees in a church praying at the altar and things like this and um you know and i look at i look at my understanding and i I could be wrong but i've heard it from fairly dependable sources is that putin has made the gulag solzhenitsyn who is an unashamedly christian dissident against communism every child that goes through any kind of school in russia has to read the gulag and um, and so I hear from these alternate sources that Putin is a Christian and a, a man of faith. And I see that he goes into Ukraine and he hits something like 11 or 13 biolabs. Bio labs. 
and he collects a bunch of evidence that show that the Department of Defense has been funding um, bioweapons right. in violation of all international treaties, and he presents it to the UN, and our media hides all that. And then it starts telling us about these Ukrainian war heroes. Right. But you look a little closer, and they turn out to be old movie shots. Yes. For, you know, and, and they're not even real. <laughs> and so I hear that, you know, that the Russians are marauding the Ukraine, and I'm like, but then why was why were his strikes so targeted in the beginning? And I haven't followed it that closely, but I, I do have a lot of doubts about the mainstream narrative, and I think people need to take a deep breath, look at some international sources for their news, and give Putin another thought. And is everybody, all the other leaders um, that are viewed just like Vladimir Putin, or I should say reported on like Vladimir Putin are in our mainstream media, is it just because he won't play ball with the central banks and in, in, in the deep state? And he's running things the way he wants to run things, so therefore he's deemed uh, Adolf Hitler 2.0. That's right. And, and the central banks are, you know, the Ukraine is a big... <laughs> Money laundering hub? Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's not just that, though. I mean, I'm... Child sex you know, trafficking. Yeah, I, that's where I wanted to go. I, I'm just trying to think. You know, I don't know how much appetite your your listeners have. Oh, we go there. We go okay. there. <laughs> Bring it on, brother. So the, the you know the avocado farms that they have in Ukraine, hundreds of them, and and avocados are a code word among the Luciferians for somebody who's used simply to be impregnated every nine months so they can deliver babies to be sacrificed. Okay, that's an avocado. That's what they call them. So when you see celebrities touting avocados and holding them up to eat them and, and things like that in the, in the news, they're, what they're making sly references to are child sacrifice, which is always needed uh, blood sacrifice, blood magic. This is, this is Luciferian stuff that goes back to the dawn of time. All the adrenochrome you know, stuff. Adrenochrome, you know, the Bible is full of passages talking about how we should not be passing our children through the fires to Moloch. And, um, you know, and then we learn that there are underground temples to Moloch where children were sacrificed for centuries. And that a lot of the Catholic churches have been built over top of these to pres preserve them. And, you know, it's, you start delving into some of this stuff and... You have to rearrange the way you've thought about the world for yeah, your entire life. Right. Um, is, that, these, is that what's taken people so long to come around? Or maybe they're not even aware that their thought process isn't even there yet? I think it's a couple of things. It's very hard if, if you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm 53 years old. And it's not easy to change ideas that you've held for 53 years. Right. You know, I've always said that regardless of what I think, if I come to believe it's not the truth, I'm going to change it because my quest is for the truth. But it's hard. You know, you go through your entire life believing one thing and then and then you try to believe the opposite. And it, it takes it takes the, the dedication to truth, the willingness to take a deep dive, the willingness to... Um, and the discipline to go on a fast from from mainstream media. You have to get away from that um, because the uh, <laughs> um, the programming that goes on there 
to brainwash you is uh, at an insane level. Yes, that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, it's at an insane level, and you and so you have people who haven't weaned themselves off mainstream media, and that's pushing doubt into their minds. You've got people who are just stuck with their beliefs because they'd rather cling to something which is false but which they've based their life on mm -hmm. than admit that it's false and and seek a new way and so you know and then you just have some people who i think anybody i see with a mask on i just assume that they're consuming um mainstream media like poisonous kool-aid right and that's why they're still wearing a mask and, you know, and putting masks on little children and agreeing that it's a great thing that we give a vaccines. I'm using that word in quotes because right. we know they're not vaccines. Exactly. And give remdesivir to little babies. How can you just hand your brain and soul over to someone? And, you know, I've, I've said this before. Um, I believe that people will listen to, and I want. I also want to get into the financial interests that our doctors and Fauci and the mm. like have. Um, they're not just pushing what you consider the right thing for health purposes. They they've got a financial attachments to it. But yes, I believe yes. that uh, a lot of people put Jesus Christ. In the same category as the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus, because they can't physically see him. And the reason that they fall victim to everything that's going on is they can sit there with their doctor, shake his hand, converse, look at him in the eye, have an exchange with him, get up and put a, pat him on the back, have him over for dinner, whatever. You, you have a physical relationship. And... Some people, I have to be honest with you, I've lost a little respect for where it's like, where's your faith? And I'm not even uber religious guy. I'm I'm getting closer by the day. Uh, my faith has grown ugh, exponentially in, since this all unfolded. I'm getting closer and closer to God. That's the reason we start our show with that moment of faith. Because God needs to be front and center, in, not in just our show, but in society. And um, do you think that's that's maybe I'm on to something where people can physically see the doctor, so I'll say yes to what he says, and then put your faith in Jesus Christ, your you know, in God, your 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 ultimate creator. You're not even really acknowledging at this point, and it sickens me. Matt, I do I think, think you're, you're onto something. I, I mean, and 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 the the kind of people that trust their doctor. I mean, I have a doctor who's a good guy. If I'm if I'm badly hurt, I break a an arm or emergency purposes. Right, he's a good guy. But you know, I go to see him, and and he and I have coached soccer together for years. He's a close personal friend, but he is he's quit asking questions, and he is he just totally sucks up whatever the CDC, whoever's telling him what the protocols are. He doesn't even question them. So he says to me, Michael, if if every child above the age of two got vaccinated, we'd knock out COVID in a week. He's like, if you love your children, you'll vaccinate them. And I said, Doc, if you love your children, you'll keep them the hell away from that poisonous uh, experimental concoction. Actually, I think he's right. You will knock them off right off the planet. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you got a point there for sure. So people are, you know, they've been, 
they've been conditioned. You, you know, it's this. Um, <laughs> By trusting mainstream news, mainstream they media. the mainstream news, but not just that. It's TV. You know, if you watch television, if you watch Marvel comic movies, the superheroes, the Avengers, you're going to get fed a steady diet. And they're going to be telling you the truth about what we're doing here. They tell you the truth in these movies. I was watching a Spider-Man movie, and Spider-Man is fighting Mysterio, okay? Mm -hmm. And Mysterio um, creates mass hallucinations for for the public. Uh, That's one of the things he does. But in this fight, Spider-Man, like, jumps out of a window or he jumps off the side of a building or something, and when he lands... Just for like one quick second, the camera zooms up above him, and you get a bird's eye view of him crouching in this red mist that is pouring off of Mysterio, who's coming at him. And in that second, I thought I saw something. I had to rewind it and pause it like 15 times to capture it because it was so fleeting glimpse. But he's standing in the middle of a satanic pentagram. Um, and there's no reason for the camera to give us this flash of a bird's eye view except to show us the pentagram. So quick, we almost can't wow. catch it. And then it, it turns back down and it, it, it zooms in on Mysterio. And on each of his shoulders, he's wearing the Luciferian eye that we see on our dollar bill on top right. of the pyramid. The, right. the, the eye of Horus, the all-seeing satanic eye. Those are on his shoulders in these Masonic uh, um, trappings. And he says to Spider-Man, um, it's so e- What does he say? It's, I think he says it's so easy to fool people when they're so desperate to be fooled or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what we see. Like, we have, we have listened to lies and accepted them for so long that a lot of people would rather continue to hold on to the lie because that feels like their security blanket than switch for the truth. And it's a really sad thing. But we have to keep speaking the truth. We, we have to. We have to speak it everywhere. Uh, I go into Kroger these days, and I don't go in very often because I don't like what they're doing to their employees. But if you're in any Kroger anywhere in the country, you listen at, the, at when, the, when it's at the top of the hour, and they will say, Associates, it's now time for your top of the hour conditioning. And then they start talking about... This is over the loudspeaker in the over store? Over the loudspeaker in the store. And, and, and they, they start telling them how they need to come in and get vaccinated and how they need to um, make sure their children down to the age of two are vaccinated. And they go on and on about COVID. And it's, uh, and, and it's um, Pfizer uh, sponsors that. And so these messages are coming directly from Pfizer, who's making the vaccine, mm-hmm. in order to try to condition, in other words, brainwash, let's just call it what it is, um, the everybody who's shopping there as well as all the employees and so i told this girl i said they call it top of the hour conditioning but you understand it's brainwashing right she goes oh i just tune it out i said but what do you think about those people who can't tune it out people who are just walking through the store and they're hearing it and they think it's real you know so this this whole meeting is taking place over the loudspeaker or it's like hey employees come to the back room and we're going to have this conditioning meeting no 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 it's straight over the loudspeaker wow. everything is over the loudspeaker yeah they talk about the vaccines they talk about come in and get your shots make sure you bring your children and then they say this top of the hour conditioning was brought to you by Pfizer oh my God. and then they go back to playing their music or whatever just like the Oscars were just like every uh, television show is and nobody's catching on to this and I don't know if it's because I'm I come from the media and I'm just kind of a radio dork but I noticed this stuff 
And it's like if you have a client that is spending enough money, they will, can, and have altered programming. Yes, even on music stations. I'm not going down the Pfizer route in the Luciferian route, but I did work for a radio station who would uh, who had a client would cut a check big enough to when whenever we were out on location, Nirvana, one of the biggest artists in rock radio, was mm-hmm. not allowed to be played on the radio station for the three hours that we were out there. And I'm like, wait, what? So the 200 people that are going to stop at this bar, maybe... They're not going to be listening, but the 68, 85,000, 120,000 out in the metropolitan area are going to be neglected of one of the biggest bands ever because this client doesn't like Nirvana and cut a check big enough to where he could dictate what we put on our airwaves. That is a very, very, very small example, weak example, as to what Pfizer is doing. Yeah. That's not a weak example. It's it's a small example, but it's but that doesn't make it a weak example. It's a telling, it's a telling reality, and and the, the most people cannot even begin to fathom the kind of money that we're talking about on right. the other side. It's it's so massive. If you look at what the Rothschilds owned and managed and controlled back at the beginning of the you know nineteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds. Uh, through diversified interest, it appears that they owned, you know, pretty much most of the railways, most of the steel industries, most of the manufacturing in America and in places around the world way back then. And, and the money that they wield and control on the other side, all to one purpose, all to one purpose, is, you know, it's beyond almost anybody's imagination to, to, to think about, you know, that the, the, the the trillions and trillions of dollars that they have to just toss, you know. I'm, I'll tell you this. Think about this. I'm, I'm getting ready to file a lawsuit in California against some hospitals that are murdering people with remdesivir. Okay, it's happening all around the country. Uh, they tell them they have COVID, they put them in the hospital, and they give them remdesivir, which is a horribly poisonous drug that was tested during the Ebola trials, and because it killed 53% of everybody they put it in, it was pulled from those trials and, and deemed to be illegal. Okay, so they're giving these people remdesivir, they're murdering them. So I, I started looking into some of the financial incentives in California. Well, if you treat somebody outpatient, let's say you give them ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, you give them one of those protocols and you send them home, with a 99.97% survival rate for COVID anyway, and an almost 100% effective treatment of ivermectin, let's just say, mm-hmm. you know, then they can bill maybe as much as, on average, 3,200 3, or 3,600 for that outpatient treatment. But if they keep them in the hospital, now they can bill um, 111,000 and change. That's the average um, bill, charge, charge amount that they're permitted. However, if, if it turns into a complex case, the inpatient non-complex means you can bill 111000 Complex, and I'll tell you what the definition of complex is in a minute, but now your billing, your charging amount goes up to about uh, uh, 450000 Wow. Okay. All you have to do is say that they're in the ICU, even if you just have them in a private room, you isolate them, 
call them an ICU patient, and or intubate them. Now, there's other money that goes to the state, but before we get to the state money, if they only offer remdesivir to the exclusion of all other treatments, Medicare gives them what's called an uh, NCTAP bonus. It's a code they can apply to get an extra 20% on the entire hospital bill. So at 450,000, and I'm using round numbers here because I don't have the actual numbers in front of me, your, your, your bonus uh, blood check comes to another 90,000. So if, if, you don't, if you give them ivermectin and send them home, you can get, you can, you can charge 3,200, 3,600. And does the doctor uh, lose his job and his practice because he gave him ivermectin? Uh, some doctors, a lot of doctors in the country have. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because, and so, you know, but then you go up to half, you, you keep them in the hospital and you intubate them. Now you can charge, um, with the NCTAP bonus, you can charge, uh, for Medicare, you can charge, you know, 500,000 roughly. So to bring this home for the for the average person that's like getting lost in all the medical terms, if you go to a brake shop and you just want front brakes done, you could get brakes over here from the left uh, shelf, or you could get the more expensive brakes. So the, the the owner of that brake shop gets a little bit more kickback from the manufacturer of those brake pads. Instead, would that be a decent analogy? It'd be a decent analogy, except it's not a little bit of a kickback. You know, you go from $3,200 to $500,000. Yeah, obviously that's not, that's and, quite and, the and, gap. And plus, in, 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 in Kentucky, well, so if you, if you get admitted to a hospital and they say that you have COVID, they get like a, uh, in the first CARES Act, or, or yeah, CARES Act, they would get a $16,000 bonus for saying you had COVID. If they intubate you, then it's another 39000 roughly. And if they put um, COVID on your death certificate, um, in California, I think it's 145000 Kentucky is the eighth highest paid state with $297,000 per COVID death certificate that flows into the state. Now, the state has a lot to do with the hospitals. And uh, if you don't think there's some kind of incentive going on there to make sure that the state gets their money, right? by calling people COVID deaths, they're telling people they have COVID pneumonia. They, they take them into the hospital, they say, yeah, you've got COVID pneumonia. That's what they told my dad uh, six months before he died. Yeah, you know this story all too painfully well. Um, tell you you have COVID pneumonia, they will often, and, and, and then they will isolate you from your family. Um, they will put a BiPAP machine, which is an oxygen machine, on the patient turn it up to the highest level so it actually makes it hard for them to breathe. You think, well, it's an oxygen machine, it should help. But it cuts down their ability to take in oxygen and it, and it fights them. Is that what blows out the lung? It's part of it. But then, of course, the remdesivir um, blocks up the kidneys and fills the lungs with fluid. So they drown in their own fluids that are because their kidneys have been shut down and then they get fluid on their heart. Um, so All in the name of health. And then when you go in and say, "Hey, um, what kind of nutrition are they getting?" They say, "Oh, we can't we can't feed them yet because if we do, we'll flood their system with fluid, and their lungs are filling up." So they starve them. It takes about nine days for a patient to die typically. 
they bring in a psychiatrist and they say this person is agitated. Well, they're agitated because they don't want the BiPAP machine on their face because it's making it hard for them to breathe. So they try to take it off. So then they zip tie their hands to the bed rails and um, they bring in a psychiatrist who fills them up with morphine or some other kind of sedative and says, well, they're agitated. So we had to sedate them. But sedating them makes it harder for them to fight the effects of remdesivir on their lungs, the BiPAP machine. Then uh, oftentimes they'll they'll give them I have a I have a client who they gave 27 doses of Tylenol in 24 hours, even though he never complained of pain, and they put him on a steady drip of Benadryl to dry out his lungs, um, and they starved him for nine days and didn't give him any fluid, and he died. Um, but right before he died, his family was coming to get him, and so they just gave him a humongous, quote unquote, accidental injection of something that would have killed just a normal, healthy person. Um, to make sure that he was dead when they got there so they could claim their COVID money. And this wow. stuff is going on. I mean, I can tell you story after story after story just, just like that. that. It's going on all over the country, all in the name of um, health. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, but it's, but there's, it has nothing to do with health. I mean, COVID in Kentucky is the 10th leading cause of death. 10th. And it comes, and, and flu is maybe the fourth or fifth. You know, COVID doesn't kill anywhere near as many people as the flu does. We've all just been fed this colossal lie, and we've right. believed it without question for far too long. It just we have to ask questions. It irritates me beyond belief to where people want to hear maybe this interview or even just have discussions with Bill and I. And look at us like we're the uneducated freaks. You know what I mean? Do you, do you get that a lot? Where just oh, the, yeah, yeah, you're just at yeah, a restaurant and the topic might pop up and you might, you know, spout off a couple of facts and you're looked at as you're the uneducated weirdo. Yeah, and they know they know nothing beyond what the idiot box is telling them. I tell you what, man. I I I read a. Uh an article from a journalist in maybe Australia. I, I've, I forget where, where the journalist was from, another country. But they were talking about how the unvaccinated are, are the heroes. And they were, they, they were attacked by the vaccinated who swallowed the media's lies and then bullied them and assaulted them in the public sphere and in the schools and in their families. And, um, the, and the, those who were able to believe that they were being lied to and hold out against all that pressure are, are truly the heroes of today. And I, I think that's not, that's not wrong at all. Um, it's, it's just so easy to go <laughs> with the crowd. I, yeah. Do you remember, did you ever see the movie, the dead poet society? I did. There's a scene in there where, uh, it's been a while. So I'm not recalling a lot of it, but, yeah, yeah, it's been forever since I saw it. But there's a scene in which um, uh, Robin, Robin Williams, Robin Williams takes—he's the teacher. He takes all the students out in the courtyard, and he tells them he puts a handful of them in the middle, and the other ones are standing around the edges, and he tells them to find their own way of walking around and expressing themselves. Something like that. So they all start walking around. Some of them are hopping and running and jumping and skipping, just being silly. Mm -hmm. But pretty soon. They're, they form a circle, and they're all walking in unison, like marching. And all the people on the perimeter are clapping in time and laughing at them. 
and he gets in the middle and he robin williams does and he basically says look you all started marching together you have to be individuals you have to think for yourselves don't fall into this trap and the people on the outside were laughing and pointing at him he said you can laugh and point all you want but you have to ask yourself why was i clapping and it's just so easy to go with the crowd, right. to start clapping in time, to put your mask on and lower your head and just shuffle on about your business. I, I went into an eye doctor, and this girl came up to me and said, uh, you have to wear a mask, sir. And I said, I don't own a mask. And I wouldn't put a mask on for anybody. And she says, well, then you have to stand by the door. And I said, you know what I hope for, young lady? You know what I pray for? And she goes, what? And I said, I pray for the day when all of us, me, you, and every other person in this store and around this city love truth more than we love our jobs. I said, I know you have to tell me this. And to be respectful, I will go and stand by the door. But I won't put on a mask. But I do pray that someday you'll come to love truth more than your job. Yeah. And um, that was the feeling I got. Not Just backing up a couple paragraphs in that conversation when, uh, when I left my radio job. And this is before I was mm. completely educated on everything that you're talking about and a lot of which you know in the last couple of years I've uh, I've learned myself but when I walked away from my radio career the people that I was working with and for all just looked at me like I had a third eye in my forehead like you're crazy man what are you doing and I'm just like doesn't common isn't common sense kicking into you guys to where you can't read what's going on, and then after that, I learned everything that we're talking about. This was just basic street smarts, being able just being able to yep. read the room and going, "This isn't right." And it, it stemmed from my conversation with my wife's grandmother, and it started there that my where my eyes were opened up to the big freaking scam, and that's why I left. And yes, I um, I, I appreciate the truth more than I did that radio career that I thought I knew and loved for, well, I definitely knew, but loved for so often or for so long. And Matt, this, I got it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, no, no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I don't know if, I think I've told you this before, but I, I want your listeners to hear it. And I want to say it to you again. I have tremendous respect for the choices that you made. Oh, thank you. Sir. Knowing, knowing what you, knowing as little as you knew at the time, but knowing it was wrong and choosing and saying, I'm not going to, do what's wrong i was just, just overcome with the sense career. of evil it was the presence of yeah. evil like if yes you've lived 50 years without having to inject yourself with anything for any reason but all of a sudden today you need to put this foreign substance into your body in order to come back to work and i'm like that's got nazi germany written all over it uh, yes yep well thank you thank you for taking the stand because every single time just for, just for taking the stand, but now you're telling the world about it through your podcast, and I thank you for both of those. Because every time we stand with the truth, we empower those around us to maybe do the same. And it creates a ripple effect. And uh, Solzhenitsyn talks about this. Live not by lies. He wrote an essay right before he was banned from the Soviet Union, but after he got out of the gulag, out of the prison for 25 years, he said, live not by lies. Uh, if, you, if you don't, a lie needs a home in order to have power. If we accept a lie and we live by the lie, and in this context, that means putting on a mask, accepting this experimental serum into your body so that you can keep your job. 
we're, if, when we do those things, we're living by lies. But if we refuse, even in the smallest way, maybe nobody but your colleagues would ever know that you quit your job or, or you were fired from your job because you refused to take the vaccine. But those who knew, that would, that would strengthen their resolve. It always does. You know, when you speak the truth, when you live the truth, and when you give the lie no home within yourself, then it dies out. If, if every single American said, you know what, I'm not going to live by lies, and they just tore, tore those masks off their face. I, I, I was in the airport, I don't know, six weeks ago, maybe. And this young lady got off the plane, and she walked up the runway, and I glanced over, and she was wearing a shirt, and it said, uh, Lion Life in big letters, like, you know, a lion. And then it said, and it had a picture of a lion, and, a, and then below that, it said, Live Like a Lion. But she was wearing the sheep's mask. Oh, my God. The face diaper. You know, and I'm like, I love your shirt, but there's a big disconnect going on because you've got that face mask on. Did you say that? No. I, I mean, she was a teenager, and her parents were there oh. for me to have walked up and accosted right. her. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. They would have thought I was some kind of weirdo. But she, I mean, If she, she was the, 42, maybe you would have. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I probably would have. I'm, I'm pretty bold about telling people what i think about good for you man good for you i mean i just i'm not going to live the lie and i'm going to tell people you know what's going on are you i asked a lady the other day who was wearing a mask what 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 are you doing are they making you do that she said no she goes i have terrible allergies and the pollen rates are super high and i have to stand here by the door all day it was in kroger she goes so my wearing this mask has nothing to do with COVID. She goes, I'm just trying to keep the pollen out of my nose so I don't sneeze and cry all day. Okay. I was like, all right, I can, I can appreciate that. At least if you're really wearing it for another reason, you're making an excuse. That's a step toward the truth. Right, right. <laughs> well, I know we've had you on way too long or um, a lot longer than we expected, uh, but it was, a, it was a great conversation. But there's a few bullet points I, I definitely want to um, get to before we part ways. Okay. And I'm going to just blow through them, and if you want to make them quick answers just to the point, you go ahead, because I know you've uh, got a lot on your plate right now. Where sure. do we stand on people who were forced to leave their jobs because they knew better than to get the jab? Legally, what can they do? Man, I'm seeing some really encouraging things on the, on the legal And is it different outside. state to state, by the way? I should include that. I would say that it probably is. Now, I will tell you that I'm not an employment lawyer, but I just saw the other day where I don't remember the state. I want to say maybe Michigan, but a group of um, nurses or, or medical personnel from a hospital won a $10 million victory for um, their uh, uh, religious exemptions not being honored. They were they were all discharged, and it came to something like twenty or $25,000 per plaintiff. There was a large group of them, but they were given their jobs back and they, they won a big victory. Um, so I'm seeing some things like this around the country. I, I would say that employment law is... How long do those uh, court cases take when it's between filing and especially now when the CDC's backpedaling on everything and uh, they're, they're coming this close to admitting they don't have a clue as to what's going on, but they, of course, aren't going to say that. Um, is it a quick court case now? Because a year and a half ago, it would have taken forever. I don't think it's a quick court case. I mean, okay. there's, I don't know that there's 
any such thing. Okay. I mean, there, unless you're talking about, you know, some small collection case or something like that. Stolen but, bike or something. You know, yeah. But in this case, I think you're looking at uh, probably in the neighborhood of a year for a quick case. Okay. And maybe two, two and a half for a protracted case. And how do they go about suing? Exactly what type of, are they looking for a specific type of lawyer? (laughs) Well, you're looking for, yeah, I mean, you're going to need a lawyer who understands employment law. That's, that's, that's going to be important. Um, Maybe a team of lawyers, one who understands constitutional law and one who's understands, um, you know, employment law, constitutional law, a combination like that. I'm, I'm more of a constitutional lawyer, and I've never really done medical malpractice. But I'm teamed up with a wonderful Christian guy in California who is, um, he's been doing medical malpractice now for the last 30 years. And so he is quite the expert in medical malpractice within his state. I understand constitutional law at a state and federal level, and we've teamed up and we're still in some hospitals. Um, uh, so I think, and, and I don't know what kind of team won the $10 million victory, but I, I expect you're looking for a team and ideally somebody who's already done it once. <laughs> okay. Uh, are they seeking millions or should they just go for back pay? Oh, do, do they want to own I, the company or they, they, they just sue for back pay and call it a day? Well, you might settle for back pay, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't sue for back pay. I mean, I personally think they should sue for millions. Gotcha. Because and, and the reason is because what's happening is such an unconstitutional assault on our freedom. Right. That examples have to be made. They have to be made. You, you know, you can't. If you sue a comp- company for back pay and they pay it and roll on, I mean, this is in their business model. They assume they're going to have to give back pay to people they fire along the way. And it's worked into their business model, their profit and loss schedules. Now you've got to you've got to hit them for millions. Um, the last lawsuit I filed was for 650 million, and it was on behalf of two people and their family who are all imprisoned at the point of a gun um, because of a COVID test that never took place. And uh, these they were they were the state was making an example out of them to intimidate other people into complying. Right. And so they made up a bunch of stuff. They imprisoned these people for two weeks. One of them almost died because he couldn't get his medicine and he was in critical condition and really in hospice care. It sounds like what was going uh, on over in Beijing a few months ago. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and, and, and your listeners need to understand. I mean, it was, I think it was in Arizona recently that a family, uh, they had children, they had a baby in the hospital and they had a couple of young children and they refused some vaccines that are very, these, these are not, we're not talking about a COVID vaccine. We're talking about some vaccines that have terrible things in them, arsenic and uh, things that aren't good for children and put them at a higher risk of death Mm -hmm. and mortality than what they're supposed to be helping. So this family refused these vaccines um, and they took their child home. And I don't know if it was the next day or the day after, but, a bunch of police uh, uh, with AR-15s kicked their front door in and confiscated their children. I mean, this is happening in America today. Yeah, I was, was going to say, this is here in the United States? Yeah, that was in Arizona. 99% sure it was Arizona. I, I, it's been a while since I read the story, but 
But I mean, and in Florida, you, you see, and even I think in California, there have been multiple stories about parents who lost all visitation rights to their child in a divorce situation because they showed a picture of their child and them on Facebook not wearing masks and within six feet of each other. And wow. judges just took away all their visitation rights and and separated them from their children over that. So we we need to understand, your listeners need to understand, every single man, woman, and child on this country and on this planet needs to understand that this is tyranny. Right. This is the antithesis of freedom. This is not free stuff. And I use stuff because I didn't want to use the other word on your right, right. radio show. But this is not about getting free crap. This is about losing all of your freedom right. and becoming a subject of the state who can dispose of you as they wish. So what's the future hold for companies that ruined employees' lives, former employees' lives? What's the future for uh, certain media groups that forced people like myself out? I hope and I pray that their future is replacement with companies who will not do that. I hope they lose I hope they, they lose so much in the lawsuits that come their way that they have to find another way to make a living. And maybe they can learn from that and grow into humans who think for themselves. In the meantime, other companies will step up to fill the void, and they should be companies who learn from that example, and they take proper care of their employees in a free society. Uh, man, I love talking to you. I, I could go out for another three hours with you and just <laughs> listen. Um, but obviously you are a busy man and, uh, we're going to part ways for now anyway, but love to have you on in uh, another month or so and see what's going on and see, uh, just an update, you know, and hopefully yeah, I think I'll have some really good updates and Matt, I appreciate you so much for the stand you've taken for having me on your show, um, and helping get the word out. This is, this is the kind of heroic effort that is needed across the board, and you're stepping into the the void and, and 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 taking up the banner of freedom. Thank you for that. Well, thank you, and I'm doing so with my buddy here, Bill Spry. Um, yes, yeah, thank you, Bill. In, we're sitting here in his studios right now. Unfortunately, he's, like I said, under the weather, so he's kind of taking a backseat on the conversation today, but... Uh, I guess he would have sounded like Marlon Brando in The Godfather if he would have participated in the conversation. <laughs> Maybe we need a freedom Godfather or something go. like that. There you go. Well, um, I commend you on you and Thomas Renz on everything that you're doing. Um, Mike Clark, everybody, you know, I, I'm so proud uh -huh. to be a part of this movement. Um, it's got to end. It's got to end. And again, I, uh, I I don't view it as Democrat and Republican. I don't recall. It's not blue versus red. This is good versus evil. Yes. And please, ladies and gentlemen, share this episode, regardless of the platform, Spotify, Rumble, however you're getting this show. Sh please share this version of the show, this episode, because of everything that Michael Hamilton was able to uh, share with us today. Um, again, Michael, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again. Uh, I don't know if you're checking, checking your texts or what you're doing right there. <laughs> Is he watching us? Who? Oh, you know what? Am I, 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 I 
<laughs> we, we're catching I, you on video. You I watch picked it? my phone up and I'm and I, I I happened to be holding it there, but I was looking off. I, I actually not even looking at my phone. I was looking into the distance and I was just thinking about what you're doing and thinking about your visitor, your your listeners, and them sharing it across their platforms. And I think it's I think it's critical, not because of who I am, but because of what we're talking about and. Yeah needing to get the truth out and i just appreciate you so much matt Not thank you for having me on. hey god bless you my friend and we'll talk to you very soon okay thank you matt take care michael hamilton again uh attorney fighting to end tyranny and expose truths expose the truth behind covid and um along with thomas renz he's a, he's one of the good guys and we're glad to have him in our corner he's a wealth of knowledge obviously i think we're going to wrap up the show on that note um, I don't know. I mean, Dennis Rodman, you know, he's going to go over to, uh, he's going to go over to Russia and see if he can't get that chick out of jail. And if he does, and I kind of hope he does, cause that's just a smack in the face on our, in our current administration. You know what I mean? I hear you. Um, <laughs> oh, there he is. My voice is just like, <laughs> yeah, I get you, man. Uh, so Dennis Rodman, that's the that's the latest on him. Anthony Fauci, oh, isn't it just convenient that he's uh, retiring in June? Or, I'm sorry, December, rather than at the end of the Biden administration. I wonder why. Is the uh, kitchen getting a little too hot for you there, Tony? I think so. And uh, we'll we'll maybe get to because we're going to take tomorrow off as well. We've got some other issues that we have to tend to, but we'll be back Thursday. And uh, we'll talk about this jack bag in Pennsylvania, the leading Democratic nominee in Pennsylvania for Senate, just a complete bottom feeder, wants to legalize heroin and the um, lived in his mom's basement. I believe that's a true story, actually, was sponging off his parents until he was 50. And now he's the leading Democratic nominee. Well, he kind of falls right in line. It's you know? just, it's so telling. I mean, that's you look up Democrat today and boom, there's his picture. So uh, that's the news in a nutshell, and we'll have a lot more on Thursday.